name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You light up my life. <laughs> oh, we could sing that too, couldn't we? <laughs> At the simplest, kitschiest level, to say that somebody lights up your life could be an easy cliché, uh, maybe a hallmark moment, perhaps beautiful in its way, but probably evanescent, uh, which is just an expensive way of saying fleeting, passing, temporary, uh, and impermanent. And so many of life's um, bright moments are like that. They flare up and then they die down. And we're left where we were before, or perhaps even a little worse off if we were disappointed that the flash didn't stay lit for very long. Young lovers suffer agonies of disappointment in this regard, and from time to time, older ones do so as well. But there are some lights that stay lit in a more permanent, if maybe less dazzling way, um, when true love matures and grows into steady comfort in the presence of the beloved, when a grown and now independent child comes back for a visit, when old friends appear on the doorstep or even call on the phone. And sometimes uh, places as well as people can do this too. There is, for me, um, a curve in a country road in Wales which opens up to a sudden brigadoon-like view of, of uh, my old village which almost never failed to give me a lift, and I rarely get there now, but um, it still happens. And I have a large watercolor of that view painted by a friend hanging in my bedroom. Now, all of these moments and strands of connection and renewal and what lights up our lives and makes, us, makes our lives richer and uh, uh, more worth living um, uh, are the opposite of the dark clouds that can settle on life sometimes, and which seem to follow some people around wherever they go. Because not everybody lights up my life. And I'm sure you have the same experience. In a parish where I once served, we had a sign in the office saying, everyone brings pleasure to this office. Some when they enter, others when they leave. <laughs> so thank goodness for those whose entry lights up the room. Some people can be so bright that their impact is not fleeting at all. And we've all known such people um, who've given us more than a momentary lift. They can uh, change our lives. They have changed our lives and make us better and brighter people too. Perhaps relatives or friends or teachers or colleagues. These people have shaped us by their example uh, as vessels of light. One example for me is an a friend and former parishioner who I haven't seen for years. I may have mentioned her before to some of you. Her dad was an Episcopal priest uh, who served in Navajo land, and she was born there in the mid-1930s. We share the same birthday, she, me, and Elvis. And, um, uh, and we, over the years, have tried to have an annual um, um, telephone call to, uh, to celebrate. She became a Quaker and once worked with some of the toughest prison inmates in New York State through the Friends Alternatives to Violence program. She is tiny. And she was getting fairly well on in years when she went into this uh, line of work. And of course she, but she, however, is somebody who is so incredibly serene and connected to all that is good that I become a better person just talking to her at a distance. 
it wears off after a while, but at least for a moment, <laughs> I get a glimpse of how I really could be better and brighter in God's service than I often am. There are people I glad, I'm glad I share the planet with because they make it a better place just by being. Now, today's readings from the Hebrew scripture, uh, from Exodus, and from the gospel are examples of you light up my life taken to a far higher plane as the vessels of God's light fill so full they sort of overflow. Moses goes to the mountaintop where the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Albeit God himself in the center of that brightness and fire was um, shrouded in a merciful cloud. There Moses receives the law which is to be the light of the people that God is in the process of choosing. And the account goes on to tell uh, of his face ablaze with light when he comes down from the mountain to such an extent he had to veil himself because he was frightening people. Now Peter, James and John in the gospel were probably feeling really good that Jesus had invited them um, up to the mountain um, where, where he went to pray because he usually preferred to do that by himself. Maybe they could even brag about it to their friends that evening uh, when they came back down. Uh, as it happens, they got far more than they bargained for. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. And then we hear that Moses and Elijah appear, putting Jesus in context, the Jesus who'd been their human um, teacher and, uh, uh, and friend, and No wonder they fell down in fear. And the cloud came over them again, which indicated that somebody else was in the picture as well. And the voice spoke out of the cloud. Again, this is my son, my beloved. Now, uh, there was to be no bragging that night. And we take it they kept Jesus' injunction that they tell no one about this until later when the rest of the drama had unfolded. Uh, you light up my life indeed. A connection was made by them to that center of light and power, which is God. The God who, again, mercifully is usually uh, um, um, hidden from us. And the light was gone, but not completely. Um, if Jesus was preparing these three fishermen, this surely was the moment that finally clinched the deal and turned each of them in their own way into beacons of light as apostles of the early church. Peter and James dying as martyrs in their, in their middle age, and John as an old man in exile after a long life given uh, listening to the Lord and teaching others. The torch was kindled in their hearts and in their minds, and um, the torch continues blazing either brightly or flickering dimly in the darkness um, as it has lit the way, uh, and as it has passed from generation to generation. No matter what happens in the life of the church at large, or of this parish in particular, remember this. Some of what we have been doing will pass away, but the light itself is eternal, and it is, an, and it is precious, and it is in our hands in our generation to be passed on to, to others. Amen. P.S. 
And so we come to the end of Epiphany, uh, of the Epiphany season, which always ends with um, uh, the account of the Transfiguration, or the Feast of the Transfigurations in the summer. In the Orthodox churches, this has been known as the Little Epiphany, compared to the Great Epiphany, which was when Jesus was baptized in Jordan, uh, which begins the season. Uh, They also hold that um, these are feasts not of Jesus, but feasts of 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 the Trinity. For in both events, Creator God, speaking out from the numinous, uh, it's a nice word, numinous, a kind of um, cloud filled with the brightness and presence and power of the divine. Um, Jesus, the word incarnate, and of course the Holy Spirit, appearing as if it were a dove at Jordan, and again um, in the presence of that cloud uh, in this moment. Um, Trinity gathered in one mystical, mysterious moment, which is as close as people, as human beings can get uh, to, to the divine in this plane of existence. And if I had been there, I would have fallen on the ground too. Amen.